Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number 5 of Revelation chapter 20. We're going to be reading verses 4 through 6. And I saw thrones, and they sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God, which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. But the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such the second death hath no power. But they shall be priests of God and of Christ, and shall reign with him a thousand years. Well, uh, in our last study, we saw that uh, th- these um, individuals who God says had souls and were beheaded for the witness of Jesus, were, or the Apostle John was given the vision of seeing the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God, that they are the uh, elect that God saved, and they were given thrones because uh, the Lord Jesus makes us um, his people. We are adopted into the family of God and we become spiritual kings as well as prophets and priests. And when you're a king, you sit upon a throne. And to sit in the Bible means to rule with Authority, And, of course, we're seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Christ is the King of kings. But in him, we also are considered uh, of royal blood and to be kings that reign with him. And that's the image that God is giving here. It's really a picture of two groups of people. There are the souls of them beheaded for the witness of Jesus, who uh, are said not to have worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands. And that's because their period of time was during the church age, from 33 AD until 1988. That's when the first fruits were gathered. And, and the 144,000, the Revelation chapter 14 said, were the first fruits unto God. That's not an actual number. We don't know the actual number. It, it could have been 5 million or 3 million people that God saved. We, we don't know. It wasn't as many as we would have originally thought, considering the uh, extended timeline of the church age, 1955 years, almost 2,000 years, you would expect uh, a great many people to be saved, but it it was probably 
millions. We, we just don't know how many. And uh, and then, of course, God indicates that he saved the best for last and saved the great multitude out of the little season of the Great Tribulation period. That short, uh, about 17-year period from 1994, September 1994, until May 21, 2011. God saved, um, again, we don't know the exact number, but scores of millions of people around the world, of the nations, tens of millions of people. And it actually makes sense that God did that because he allowed the population of the earth to explode at the time of the end so that there were about 7 billion people at the time God was having proclaimed his warning to the world that Judgment Day would occur on May 21, 2011. And, and all the nations heard that warning, and God saved a great multitude in total, but really just the remnant of the whole of mankind. Again, um, if you save, let's say, 150 or 170 million people out of 7 billion that's really just a small percentage. It, it's a small number, and and over six billion, many hundred million, would perish uh, if you saved uh, even as many as two hundred million. But but that's what God did. Uh, he he saved a great multitude at the very end, and. And here in Revelation 20, we have both groups in view. The first fruits and the great multitude or the final fruit that God would bring in during, uh, he would save during the great tribulation and, and um, begin to gather them unto the day of, or the last day of the Feast of Tabernacles. Now it says, um, at the end of verse 4, they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. And this is referring to the souls of them beheaded for the witness of Jesus. They lived because God saved them and gave them eternal life and reigned because they were seated upon thrones. Kings reign upon their throne and uh, these uh, souls reign with Christ. As it says in Ephesians chapter 2 and in verse 5, beginning there, Even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ, by grace you are saved, and has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We we live and reign with Christ a thousand years. Now, this reference to a thousand years is for the completeness, because a thousand points to the completeness of whatever is in view. And and uh, this is the completeness of life and reigning with Christ. And and how long will those that, that Jesus saved live and reign with him? forever and ever. It is eternal life. Uh, they they will always be of 
the royal family of God. They will always be considered kings in God's sight. And therefore they live and reign with Christ eternally, or you could say for a thousand years. And that's what God did say. Now we have a similar picture of two groups of God's elect in view. In Revelation 6, beginning in verse 9, it says, And when he had opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of them that were slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. And that matches the um, the language, again, of Revelation 20. Uh, earlier in verse 4, I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God. And, and so the souls that were beheaded are identical to the souls that were slain for the word of God. To be beheaded, you're slain. You're killed. So Revelation 6 verse 9 is speaking of the same group of believers, of elect those saved during the church age. I saw, uh, again, Revelation 6, 9, I saw under the altar the souls of them that were slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. And then in verse 10, And they cried with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, dost thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth? So they were killed... And God's people have uh, long been killed uh, in in various ways. If we look at the church age, many of God's people were killed physically by um, those within the corporate church for the word of God. That's why when we look back at the time of the Reformation, there were burnings. There were beheadings, hangings of the people of God. And what was their crime? In some some instances, it was for wanting the Bible in the language of the people. And the Catholic Church wanted to keep the Bible in the Latin language. And, and they didn't want the Bible to be in the hands of the common man. And, and so they persecuted and slew some of the people of God. And for various offenses, according to um, the doctrine of Scripture in some cases, God's people maintain that the Bible taught a certain truth, and they were persecuted and killed physically by oftentimes the church for holding on to that doctrine. And so um, they're crying, as it were, with a loud voice to God, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, dost thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth? And at other times, it would be spiritual killing, as a individual church or a whole denomination would turn into another gospel, driving the believers out. And of course, finally, at the end of the church age, that's what happened with all the churches. And to drive out a child of God with lies, with false gospels, 
is the equivalent of spiritually killing someone. And um, we we find that, remember, in John 16, that kind of association. It says in John 16, in verse 2, They shall put you out of the synagogues, if the time cometh that whosoever killeth you will think that he doeth God's service. So there God equates being put out of a synagogue, which was the Old Testament church, to being killed. And it, it didn't mean they actually physically killed you. Um, that was the threat in the case of the blind man who was given sight by the Lord Jesus Christ, where his parents were fearful to answer at at the trial the questions of the Pharisees for fear they might be put out of the synagogue, or they feared they might be killed spiritually. If you weren't part of the synagogue, well, that's where the oracles of God were, and um, the, the people had a, a, a fear that that would mean they would lose God's blessing. And, and same thing with the church. The, the churches maintain they were the ones that had to impart God's blessing and grace and salvation. So if you're kicked out of the church, if you're excommunicated, if you're um, driven out of the congregation, it's as though they're withholding that blessing from you. So it's as though you, in their eyes, you no longer have salvation. They're killing you. And and so uh, God can use that kind of idea concerning the souls of them slain for the word of God to apply to those physically killed or spiritually killed. And it, actually, if the church physically killed someone, they, they also attempted to spiritually kill them as well. Well, then it says in verse 11 of Revelation chapter 6, And white robes were given unto every one of them, and it was said unto them, and again, this is the souls of them, so these would be the first fruits. It was said unto them that they should rest yet for a little season until their fellow servants also and their brethren that should be killed as they were should be fulfilled. Now, notice the little season, and we've seen um, that kind of language before. And it points to the Great Tribulation. Remember in Revelation 20, verse 3, concerning Satan. It says, And cast him into the bottomless pit, and shut him up, and set a seal upon him, that he should deceive the nations no more, till the thousand years should be fulfilled, the completeness of his binding, which was for the duration of the church age. Uh, till the thousand years should be fulfilled, and after that he must be loosed a little season. The great tribulation, the judgment on the churches and congregations, the 23-year period from May 21, 1988 through May 21, 2011, the little season of great tribulation in which judgment began on the house of God. And God is saying in Revelation 6, 11, to the souls, they don't have bodies, they're only in their soul existence, because they've died throughout the centuries of the church age and gone to heaven in their 
their spirit, in their soul, and it has not yet been the day of resurrection. So they live and reign with Christ in their souls in heaven. And God said to them, they should rest yet for a little season. Okay, you had your period during the church age. Now there's just a little season, just a little season, 23 years in which you are to rest. And during that time, your fellow servants and their brethren should be killed as you or as they uh, in which this would be fulfilled. And, And so we see two groups, two groups. The souls are one group, and then this other mysterious group, and it would be very mysterious unless we had the rest of the Bible to help us and and explain this other group known as fellow servants and brethren. They They will be killed during the little season. And what happened during the little season? God's people were driven out of the churches. God brought judgment on on the churches and congregations of the world, and he revealed that to his people. And even before revealing it, the apostasy, the falling away from truth was getting so bad, more and more believers were leaving the church on their own, or they were wandering. This church would drive them out with their lies, and they would go to another before being driven out of that one. And until finally God opened up the information from his word concerning the end of the church age and issued the command to depart out of the congregations. And and so spiritually, in a sense, from the perspective of the church, these individuals, these people that were leaving the church and daring to say that the church of Christ was under judgment, well, uh, you you can believe that many bulls, as it were, as popes uh, tended to do, uh, were issued, and the the idea was these people are lost. They're completely lost. They have gone away from Christ's church, and it is the church that has salvation. So it was as though all those were killed. Well, let's go back to Revelation 20. And we'll see these same two groups. Again, verse 4, the souls that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God. And the souls that lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. The, those saved during the church age. Then in verse 5, But the rest of the dead live not again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Now, there's the second group. The rest of the dead. They are the fellow servants. They are the brethren that Revelation 6 verse 11 referred to. That they live not again. And the word lived uh, again here, uh, which which also has the uh, negative inserted in it, they live not again. The, the word lived again 
is um, in Strong's Concordance, number 326, Anazio, and it's found five times in the New Testament, once here, and uh, once in Romans chapter 14. Uh, we'll, we'll look at four of the five times it's used. Romans 14 and verse 9. For to this end, Christ both died and rose and revived. And the word revived is a translation of lived again. Christ died, rose, and revived. He lived again. It is a, a coming forth from the dead and to life. That, that's what's in view. And also in Luke chapter 15, Luke 15, it's used uh, or found two times, once in verse 24. For this my son was dead. And this is the parable of the prodigal son, the son who um, took his inheritance and went away and wasted it till he came to himself and then returned to his father. And now the father is making this statement. For this my son was dead. And is alive again. And the word, the two English words, alive again is a translation of 326 and Strong's Concordance, our word. He is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. Also in verse 32, as the father is explaining to the older son why he is celebrating the younger son's return. It says in Luke 15.32, It was meet that we should make merry and be glad. For this thy brother was dead and is alive again and was lost and is found. So we can see in these two instances and in Romans 14, verse 9, concerning the Lord Jesus Christ revived, died, rose, and revived, it has everything to do with uh, the resurrection. And to be resurrected means you are dead. You're dead. That's why you must be resurrected. And to be resurrected is to come back from the dead. And that's what God is saying concerning the this... Um, group of people he calls the rest of the dead the rest of them the the remainder he he already brought to life the the souls that that uh, were beheaded for the witness of Jesus or for uh, yeah and for the word of god but there's another group the rest of them and and that is that great multitude according to Revelation chapter 7, that God would bring out of great tribulation. And remember in Revelation 7, let's go back there, what do we find? Two groups. We see in Revelation 7, in verse 4, And I heard the number of them which were sealed, and there were sealed a hundred and forty and four thousand of all the tribes of the children of Israel. Of the tribe of Judah were sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Reuben were sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Gad were sealed 12,000. 
And it goes on and on until verse 8. At the end of verse 8, of the tribe of Benjamin were sealed 12,000. Twelve tribes, 12,000 each, 144,000 are, according to Revelation 14, the first fruits unto God. There's one group. And then in verse 9 of Revelation chapter 7, After this I beheld, and lo, a great multitude which no man could number, of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues, stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palms in their hands. And then God had the question asked in verse 13. And one of the elders answered, saying unto me, What are these which are arrayed in white robes, and whence came they? And I said unto him, Sir, thou knowest. And he said to me, These are they which came out of great tribulation, or out of the little season. These are these are they that came out of the little season, the 23-year period that followed the church age. These are they which came out of great tribulation and have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. And so God in several, in a few places in Revelation, that's three we've looked at, is showing two groups of people, two seasons, two uh, periods of fruit gathering, first fruits, the 144,000, also called the souls of them that were killed for the witness of Jesus. And after that, a great multitude coming out of great tribulation. Or after that, how was it put in Revelation 6, in verse 11, fellow servants and brethren that are killed as they were should be fulfilled. And in Revelation 20, there there's the souls and then the rest of the dead. The second group of people that can only identify with that great multitude. And let, let's look again. Revelation 20, verse 5. But the rest of the dead live not again, or revived not. Revive not. They did not come to spiritual life until the thousand years were finished. The thousand years of Satan's binding had to be finished. The church age had to be finished. And then Satan was loosed. And the church age ended. And the great tribulation began. Now, of course, we need uh, additional scripture that tells us it wasn't uh, immediately uh, at first, at the beginning of the Great Tribulation, because there was a grievous 2300 evening mornings in which virtually no one was being saved, but it was during the little season, during the Great Tribulation, they would live again. And and God is making that point. And then he says, this is the first resurrection. That is, the salvation of the souls and the salvation of the rest of the dead, the, those that would revive during the little season, combined is the first resurrection. And, and by saying first, God is indicating there's a second. And of course there is, because what is the first resurrection? 
It is the resurrection of the soul. It is the salvation of the spiritual side of a sinner. And that's what God did with his salvation program. He sent forth the gospel and people became saved, born again in their soul existence. They were received a new heart and a new spirit and had their old heart, stony heart, taken away. And, and they enjoyed the resurrection. Their, their spirit came to life within them. But that's only the first resurrection. There's still a resurrection to come. The resurrection of the body. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.